comb through and see what you've added. Okay. Okay. Boy, you love to just get in there right before, huh? Um, I love to. It's what I have to. Mm, why is that? I'm not busy. I'm time constrained. Oh, uh, okay. Right, right, right. Yep, 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 yep. Right from one thing right into the next. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, uh, my mini topic's lame. Oh, yours is you've added a mini topic. Oh, good. Good, good. Uh, we don't need to follow up, right? We don't, don't think we have any unless you have some. Mm hmm. No. No, keep watching Watchmen, everybody. Keep watching the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, mm-hmm. then who will? Yes, custodian non-exhibitus. Whoa. Mm. Um, let's talk about Thanksgiving. What's going on with Thanksgiving? What even is it? What did you do for Thanksgiving this year? Uh, the usual. We went to my, uh, my in-laws uh, out east of here, out in gold mm. country. And uh, it was a really quick turnaround. We basically, we went, we checked into our Marriott, we um, went to dinner, we came home, and we checked out in the morning and came home. It was a real short trip. But uh, as I've mentioned before, she's a really great cook, and um, she really, she puts out a big spread, and lots of family comes, and uh, it's, a, it's a really nice event. What did you, what'd you do? Have you ever uh, hosted a Thanksgiving? Have you ever done the whole Thanksgiving thing for guests? Yes. And how do you compare the two experiences? Going someplace else, staying in a hotel, mm. someone else cooks versus you hosting it? No comparison. I mean, I, no comparison. Well, what, which one do you like better? Oh, God. Going to some, I mean, going to the house of a relative who used to have a catering business and is an actual chef. Yeah. And I get to stay in a Marriott. Please and thank you. Yeah, uh, really good. Um, super good. We've done it before. God, uh, when our kid was whatever October to a uh, month old, we we <laughs> hosted Thanksgiving, and it was kind of kind of potlucky, but it was uh, very emotional time and very very fraught. And I'm happy not to repeat that. Potlucky Thanksgiving? Did someone bring the turkey? I mean, it was like 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Is that the only time you've done it? No, I mean, we've done it. We've done, see, my family, my uh, my mom and I, when I live with her, we always like to make a, a standing rib roast, which, which mm-hmm. a lot of people think is weird. Mm-hmm. But we, we were a rib roast kind of family. And so we would do that, and that was great. With a little small family, that was great. But, you know, if you get, for it to be a Thanksgiving blowout, there has to be a captain of the ship who really wants to have a ship. You need somebody who can handle that kind of scale. I mean, even just has a kitchen, set aside the skills, has the kind of kitchen and, uh, you know, uh, square footage that they could accommodate a lot of people. Because for Thanksgiving to be like fun, it's kind of nice to have a lot of people there and you get to catch up with people you haven't seen in a while, but you don't spend too long with them. You get to meet the new boyfriend, Uh, you know, it's all, that'll, I, I, I am always up for an a drivable length trip where I get to stay in a Marriott and get food and come home. That's, that's my vacation. Yeah. Second time the Marriott came up. What is it about staying in the Marriott that's so uh, attractive to you? Do you want to talk about that now or you want to save it? I mean, it's part of, I feel like it's part of the Thanksgiving here because you're comparing Thanksgiving and hosting and, and uh, versus going someplace else. And we talked about the, the food, but what is it, what is it about the Marriott that is attracting you? 
it is that it's this particular Marriott. See, I've mm. had this suspicion about this particular Marriott for a long time, and, and I always try to get information out of the person at the desk, and they're always mum. I'm pretty sure that the Marriott that we go to for this is some kind of special, like, test Marriott, or it's, they seem, first of all, I like the Marriott family of, of hotels in general. I mean, all, all hotels are terrible, but, okay, how can I put this? Let me put it this way. Marriott, th- this Marriott cares about the same things that I care about, and they don't get a, they don't get over their head in trying to do what a hotel needs to do, okay? So again, sort of like Star Wars. What do we know we don't like? I'll tell you what I don't like. The time we were in Providence and stayed in a $300 a night hotel, might have been more, but this is 15, 20 years ago. We stayed in the, one of the fanciest hotels in Providence, and it was filthy. It was filthy. It was gross. It had the wrong temperature lighting in the overhead fixtures. It was gross. There was a pile of laundry literally across from our room the entire time we were there. You can tell a lot about a hotel. You don't want to get me started on this is what I'm saying. I got a lot to say about this. There are all kinds of tells about a hotel in the same way that like the one cockroach you see in a restaurant in the dining room is a good indication there's more cockroaches elsewhere. You can tell what a place cares about. So specifically, I'm not here to stand for Marriott, but I think they they care about the same same things that I care about. They don't they, they give you shampoo. It's not fancy shampoo. It's fine. The room is clean. It's not weird, and it's it's uh, all the stuff that I care about is what they care about. Like they 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 do a good job. There are other places where it's like. Oh, we don't have ice machines. You just call down to the desk. No, ah, give me the ice machine. I'll always take the ice machine. So this place, your suspicion is this is like a model home or is this like where the, the place where the bosses are always there and all the best employees are on their best behavior and they're I, trying I, out new mm, stuff? I'm not as sure as I used to be, but like for the, we would go there and like there's this place, not to say too much, you know triangulation but like it's in an area where there's a handful of like you know shopping there's movie theaters there's places like that to stay you've got your hampton inish places and um for the longest time i thought that about this particular one because everybody there seemed like desperately competent and and they got the things that i like like no they don't have room service but they do have that little marriott thing where you can go down and buy some prel or a magnum uh ice cream bar or a bottle of wine, or whatever, down in the lobby. I think I like that. I like that they've got a little, like, uh, easy-peasy cafe place with Starbucks coffee, where you can go down and get a really good eggy breakfast. Um, I like all of those things. My problem with, I've, I've always felt that, um, remember, okay, so remember back in the day, as a web user, uh, and maybe as a webmaster, you know, you go to a website for a corporate brand, and this still happens today, but it used to be real bad before the era of UX. You would go and um, you go to their website, and first you select your country, you go in, maybe you pick a language, all that kind of stuff. You just want to find the manual for your Sony thing, but you got to go through all these levels. And then you get to like the, you're almost to where you can start looking for what you want. And all you see is business units. So, because they have broken up the site by who runs what silo, not by how you would want to use the site. Like this used to be, kids today, they won't remember this. It used to be an affliction. Websites were so unusable for a number of reasons, but one of them was that they were architected around who owned which parts of the company. And I really feel like you see that in so many hotels where 
they get one thing right and they get four things weird and they get two things terribly wrong, right? So, you know, is the restaurant uh, also managed by the hotel? Maybe not. You don't know if the food's going to be any good. You don't know if you're going to have surly people, you know, bringing the food to your room. You don't know, like they might have the nicest toiletries in the world, but the bathtub is filthy and it all falls apart because I, I feel like these so many parts of a hotel end up being managed with limited resources by different people. And I, just, I like it when I go to a hotel and I'm like, you know what? First of all, the room's got to be clean. It should look like no one's ever been in there before. And that makes me happy. So this particular place I really like. It's near, it's walkable to lots of different stuff uh, without crossing a highway. Yeah, that's what I like in a hotel. Hmm. I'm thinking about your your love of hotels and I'm wondering if it's like, <laughs> I'm wondering if it's if it's like the absence of negative things right like the the, yeah. the potential going someplace that's not your own home and having to stay there for any period of time there's the potential for many things to be not the way you want them to be mm-hmm. upsetting to be uh you know to induce anxiety to whatever and that the the, uh, the hotel chain or instance or whatever that relieves you of those by saying you don't have to worry about that because it's not going to be like that. The bathtub is not going to be dirty. Uh, you'll be able to get all the things you need. No one will be mean to you. Dirty laundry will not be in your line of sight. All those things is a relief from the potential negative or if it's actually a positive in that you enjoy going somewhere where you don't have to take responsibility for some subset of the normal things you have to. And that, that leads me to the question I was thinking of when you were talking about this, yeah. which is when you go, you, you you go into this place, you check in, you go to the Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, like, do you hang the sign on the door to not let people into the room or do you let them come in and touch all your stuff and make your bed? Mm, I mean, this is this is one of those like lower level Marriott. It's not like a turndown service kind of place. But like I was actually just thinking about that, walking down the hall to refill the ice while I was there. It's It's so funny how like the do not disturb sign is such a weird like dumb status flex where it's like don't bother me and it's like well no one's really gonna bother you it's not a status thing it's just basically saying uh i always look at it as saying you uh, get to do less work and hopefully get paid the same amount oh no 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 yeah no i okay so so okay so to answer, answer your question i have to say that my relationship with travel is extremely complicated perhaps in an Similar but different way to yours. But like I love, when I was a little kid, nothing got me more excited than the idea of staying in a hotel or a motel or whatever. I loved it. I loved the towels. I loved the, um, I loved the vending machines. I loved the weird TV. Like I, I just have so many fond memories of being um, in a hotel room as a kid. That's before you had a conjecture. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, before, it's before that. Pre-conjecture. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's pre a time when I needed to travel more for the quote unquote work that I did. So I have very conflicted feelings about it. I, I feel like I, I, you know, I'm always arguing kind of by analogy, but like you think about, you say to somebody, like, oh, let's go out to dinner, right? I'm like, what is it we're looking for in dinner? And it's like, well, most people would say, yeah, I want good food. Well, yeah, but what do you mean by good food? Like, do you want, do you want to go to like a a down-to-earth steak place? Do you want to go to a Nouvelle Cuisine kind of like French thing? Do you want to go to some kind of uh, rustic fresh ingredient California place? And that's even setting aside uh, how you want to be served, okay? So there's a reason that stuff like, not even Hooters, but there's a reason stuff like TGI Fries or Applebee's, there's a reason they train people that way, I imagine. 
they, 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 how we do on denial, talk about the appies and bend down at the table. I have to imagine they do that because a lot of the people who eat there really enjoy that. And I'm, you know, that's fine. That's fine. I despise that. I despise being interrupted while I'm talking to somebody in a restaurant, if, unless it's important, you know, read the room. Right. But I think that's similar with hotels. I think some people, the same way that when I get in a lift and they say busy day and I say not really, they seem disappointed. Like, I don't, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to be antisocial, but I also don't want to have this conversation. I want 20 minutes to myself while you take me to pick up my kid. Everybody's different. Everybody wants something different. I'm not saying it's just this Marriott or Marriott's in general, but I like it when they do the stuff that I care about and minimize the amount of noise about the stuff that I don't care about right? Or do a bad job with stuff where they overreached at something, trying to, trying to seem fancy, you know, trying to seem down home. You ever stayed at bed and breakfast? I have. Like, I don't love it. I don't, Mm. I don't love that level. I mean, that parks and rec where they go (laughs) to the quiet corn is like, so my jam, because that is me. I've I've been I've had those experiences you hear them banging around delivering your food in the little alcove and where you go downstairs and you eat with other like eat with retirees in a <laughs> dining room at a certain time and it's like that's my nightmare and everything's dusty and gross it's rustic there's too many dolls and too many rocking chairs put it all away like this Marriott like everything is very down to earth and very easy to deal with. And anyway, I, I think I'm, I'm basically just putting my finger to something that anybody could agree with if you phrased it in the right way, which is that like, it's nice to be somewhere where you don't have to fret over the stuff that bugs you and you can enjoy the stuff that you do like really good TV. I told you about this in the Slack channel, really good TV um, with full HDMI ports, a, uh, a remote that does all the things. We were able to watch Harry Potter from an iPad very easily like dumb stuff like that. Like in the aggregate, that all adds up. We go to the desk to check in and the lady's like, of course you can check in early and let me upgrade your room and we're going to waive the parking fee and all the kind of stuff. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's Thanksgiving, whatever. Don't worry about it. You know, I, I like an experience like that where you've, my expectations were pretty modest. You exceeded them. And like, you didn't think that a, you know, $7 body lotion bottle was going to make that a good stay for me if it, if, there's a racket and the elevator is banging all the time. You know what I mean? Or the pillows are flat and weird. You know what I mean? So in that spectrum that I laid out before where it's like well, on the one end is uh, I like this because it has a notable absence of the things that tend to annoy me about this type of experience. And on the other side is I like this because it has a bunch of positive things that I that I enjoy. And uh, it does this really well. Where, where on that spectrum do you think you fall here? Is it the absence of the negative it, it, or the presence it, it, of the positive? Well, if that's the spectrum that I'm that I'm given, I will say with uh, I'll say fewer negatives. Yeah. So it's like it's like near the middle though. Like I mean, I'm trying. You know, it's a spectrum here. We're trying to you know place yourself on there on that thing. You're not at one extreme or the other, obviously. Because well, you, that's maybe. I mean, maybe that's the irony is that for me, like, um, I mean, I've gone to I, I've I've been undressed by kings and I've seen some things. I've been to a lot of different kinds of lodging. I've been to a fair number of quote unquote resorts that were just extremely unpleasant because the things that they wanted to overserve on were things that I found to be a nuisance. I mean, I, I really like there's this place we stayed the previous trip we took um, down kind of southern eastern California. 
It's very rustic. The food was great. They, they don't do room service, but they have coffee in the morning. You go get your own coffee. They had great, they had a small but clean, very nice pool. There's plenty to see and walk around. I, I mean, that was a very, that's a very pleasant experience. They leave you alone. Like, it's all just real low key. Um, where am I on the spectrum? So if all the way over here is, so we're going avoiding the negative. See, that's the irony is that avoiding the negative is, is an extreme positive for me. And now knowing that this is a place <laughs> we go twice a year makes it a very positive for me. Yeah, the, 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 you know, the expectation that you know you're going to a familiar place also helps. I, I still feel like you, if this has got to, if I had to place you on the spectrum, I would place you to the left, you know, to the, uh, to the negative side of the midpoint uh, at the very least, because like you were, you were mentioning how the TV was good and had HDMI ports, had all the channels or whatever, but like setting aside just, you know, the fact that it's a hotel and you have an expectation that the TV might be bad. And if the TV is bad, it can really affect your hotel experience. It's worse than your TV at home. Like your TV at home is better. You have all your stuff there available for you at home. It is easier to watch everything you want at home. Mm-hmm. It is a better experience at home. So it's not as if you're like, boy, I can't wait to go to the hotel because then we can watch it. Say you didn't have, say you have like a CRT television at home. You're like, well, this hotel I know has a high definition television and the only time you know what i mean okay oh yeah or, or like a like a, i like a i like a jacuzzi like a hot tub like i like a you know whatever yeah you call so that. something you don't have at home mm-hmm. like that yeah, i get to sure, go there sure. and that would be on the positive side but you're raving about the tv is mostly about the lack of expected negatives yeah but i mean i feel like i i i, I can't tell how much you're just you know pr- provoking a response from me as me but i feel like you could sympathize with this in a million different ways i mean if somebody handed you a laptop and I know you're not a fan of laptops, whatever. But somebody hands you a laptop that's configured with all your stuff the way you want, or they give you a laptop with tons of really costly applications that you would never buy yourself. Well, what's the laptop you would want? You'd want the laptop that's familiar. You'd want the one that's like expected, that has your bash profile or whatever on it. You would want the one that's closest to, to, to that. So I feel like, and it's not even just you know necessarily familiarity, it's just that for me, and maybe I'm a weirdo, I only have so much bioavailable luxury in my life. There's only so much. There's only so good a wine can be that it's useful for me to enjoy. I couldn't Pepsi challenge $100 versus $20,000. And like the more that places want to intervene with what they consider high touch embellishments, the more annoyed I am. Like, stop banging on the door. Like, stop asking me how, you know, yeah, just always, you know, just like, you know, like in a restaurant, just always fill the water. Don't ask me if I want more water. And so I I don't know. I mean, like, I I don't utterly reject your spectrum, but I guess, but, but, okay, to play the game though, it is an adventure. Camping is the ultimate adventure, adventure of this kind, where like there can be fun little things that work out okay in a way you didn't expect. Um, and, and so for me having the TV that does that, like we woke up the next morning and there was two hours of the office on and it was like, yes, we watched the office almost every night at home, but it was exciting that it was on in the hotel room. It's better than Guy Fieri. Right. So I don't know. Am I answering your question? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the camping thing is a good, uh, good way of explaining it. Cause it, it is an adventure. Again, the, the prospect of seeing the office, you could see the office whenever you want at home, but it's different when you are forced into a situation where, you sort of go back in time to the happenstance of oh the office is on therefore we get to watch it it's a, it's, it's very a it's very, com- it's it's very a, comforting it's an exciting thing that happened it is it feels better 
than you being at home going, oh, I don't know what I want to watch. Do you want to watch The Office? No, I don't feel like watching The Office. Because you could watch anything. You have this huge menu of, of choices in front of you at home of all the different things you could watch. But the sort of bonanza of it being on at the time you want to watch it uh, on a television that you don't have any expectation is going to serve your needs in that way is like a serendipity or a pleasant surprise. And then the, the idea of camping of like intentionally depriving yourself from something because it's kind of fun to mm-hmm. have an adventure. Although hotel room is an analogy for camping is a little bit weird, but it totally makes sense. in, in the, the context you lay out there of like uh, how that, that, that I feel like is the positive aspect of it. It doesn't fit on the spectrum that I mm-hmm. have there. And, and I only the only reason I, I would drill down on this is because you did mention it multiple times in the context of the Thanksgiving. Uh, and I thought that was a little bit uh, strange. I, <laughs> it, I, it is, I like, it is, yeah. I like hotels less than you do, I think. But I, like, I think I like traveling less than you do. Well, but, uh, what are you talking about? No. Oh, dear me. No, I've... Uh, I've had a lot of reasons. You're going to compete on who hates traveling the most? I don't know. If you want, I'm game. Uh, No, I think you do, because you do get a physical response that's extremely unpleasant. Yeah, but but all the other parts, I mean, I share with you all the annoyances of the other parts as well, so it's like, it's additive. (laughs) To call uh, a three-hour car ride travel as against, well, as against, like, needing, going to, again, going to the East Coast where you got to change planes travel. I mean, that's real different. That's, that's extremely different. Even, even driving to Southern California uh, is, I would take that over a um, direct flight to like Philadelphia or whatever. But no, but okay, so, so let's get back to Thanksgiving in a second. But so what do you look for in a hotel room? Or in, you know, just in a hotel room, in lodging. Like when you're, when you're looking, I know you don't have to do it very often, but... Uh, you could say price. That's fine, but like, what, what what's your idea of like what, what's the meal that you want? Like, what what is a good hotel experience for you? I and mean, I've never stayed at an actual fancy hotel, but I imagine that I would dislike it all for all the reasons that you outlined. Like, I don't want people talking to me. I don't want to be in situations where there is an expectation that I have to tip more people than I'm aware that I have to tip. So. Uh, and that's not why I've avoided fancy hotels. I avoid fancy hotels because they're expensive, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I've never been to one of those, but I think I would hate it. What I'm mo- mostly looking for is, I think I think my standards are pretty low. I just need to be a comfortable, quiet place to sleep. I feel like that's the most important thing. So that gets to the elevator banging or people screaming in the hallways or a garbage truck outside that's constantly backing up or like whatever. That I feel like is my number one thing, and I you know I have to be able to sleep on the bed. It can't be all collapsed and gross and whatever. And this sort of a minimum level of cleanliness. Although I'm not as uh, obsessed with that because I don't know. Like I feel like college uh, really. Uh, <laughs> he used to sleep on a mat. <laughs> really inoculated me against grossness because nothing can be more gross than some of the places I lived and or stayed in college. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, I don't ever have any expectation that there will be any amenities like other than other, i guess they have to hot water right i think that's after you know quiet comfortable place to sleep hot water to bathe mm-hmm. facilities to bathe and and water that gets hot enough and stays hot enough so that i can bathe beyond that i have no expectations i don't expect there to be anything in the room i don't expect there to be anything close by that i can get like i take it upon myself to say i'll find out where the nearest walgreens is right mm-hmm. you know i'll i'll like amenities that a hotel might have like a store that you can go down to that's totally a foreign concept for me maybe that exists and i'm not seeing it but i'm never assuming that it exists i feel like my standards are very low 
is really just the, basically the essentials. And I don't want to have any interaction whatsoever with any hotel staff for the entire time that I'm there. Uh, and then I think that's about it. I mean, I'm thinking most of the time, most of the so time you're, I spend you're in a hotel. Basically, you're, you, um, speaking of college, your needs are, are roughly that of a tired college student. Like you're, you don't want to spend a lot of money. You don't want to talk to a lot of people. You just want a place to bunk and get out and do your thing. Yeah, for the most part. And that, so you don't, you don't this, hang out I'm, in a hotel room. And I'm thinking mostly, like, this is just me personally. And the, the, my guide that I have for that is the many years I've been going to WWDC where I spend a week in a hotel room by myself. So that really lets me know what, what do you actually care about when it comes to a hotel room. When I go with my family, obviously I have other needs because everyone in the family does not have the same taste as me. And they do care about, you know, the cleanliness and comfort of the room the you know the amenities that are available there and 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 when you're there with kids suddenly you as the parents care a lot more about that stuff too because you don't want to have to schlep your kids out to the middle of nowhere to get a meal that is acceptable to kids and all of that stuff so that gets way more complicated when you're traveling as a family but mm-hmm. me personally as evidenced by my you know multiple months consecutive of staying in hotel rooms in the uh in the san francisco bay area at great expense uh despite the fact that none of the hotel rooms were very nice that's that's basically what I'm looking for. It's very much like a dorm room experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like you think of the quality of dorm. Although it's like a single dorm room because I don't want to have any roommates. I didn't list that in my criteria, but there can't be anyone else in the room. You don't want to. You don't want a creek in your bed. I will never <laughs> split. Like, a lot of people do that to save money, and it, it's like because the hotels are stupidly expensive. Oh, well, you mean like a pal? But but you're not gonna. Somebody's getting yeah, ready but to no, go I won't even do that. There is yeah. there is no person who I'm not married to who I would share, or who is not my offspring who I would share a hotel room with. Oh, we should do that. We should make that a stretch goal. No, oh, you know, you know, no, no. I mean, it, Come it's, on, we'll it makes make, so we'll much make coffee in the iron. It'll be fun. It would make so much financial sense to do it because it's so much cheaper to like get, you know, some people get Airbnbs or like they split a hotel room, like, but it's just, I've, I feel like I've done my time. Like all the roommates I had in college. Not, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, I had bad ones and good ones. It's just like at a certain point, I just, I'm not that, I'm not a roommate. I feel the same way. I mean, I've like, there have been times where obviously you don't want to spend, especially if you're doing tour-ish things, something Roderick has talked about a lot. You don't want to blow all your money on travel expenses. Uh, and that gets very costly very quickly. So like, you know, I, I've, uh, I've bunked with the, you look nice today guys, but, um, it is nice to have a little place that you can go back to and, you know, you take a bath or lay on the bed in your underwear and like, and it's not, you don't have to deal with other people. I, I definitely see the, yeah, you don't get, you know, if you're the type of person who needs that recharging time, yes. you never get that recharging time because you're never away from people. Now, eventually if you do that long enough, you will stop caring about those people and start not stop caring about them but like stop worrying about being proper and you will just flop on the bed you're your gonna underwear. get you're gonna get real yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. and, and which is fine but also that that can be the source of tension as well because what if some other people aren't comfortable with your hanging out on the bed in your underwear and uh. i i can't even imagine spending a day at dob dob and then having to go back to a room with one or two other people after after all of that battery draining, I mean, if even even if you just setting aside the like the the best part, hanging out with people, your friends, or, or people that you don't know coming up to you and saying, "Hey, you're, you you seem tall and skinny. Are you John Syracuse?" Like even setting aside that, just going to sessions, like I can't imagine three or more days of that, and then coming back to a room, a tiny room, with someone I know in it. No. 
thank you. And and what if they're already there and they're already sleeping, the lights are out and you have to get ready quietly or whether you what you go there and you go to sleep and then what if they're doing hot yoga or something like or ugh. I mean, yeah, it's I just all the roommate issues, like just yeah. the whole thing of, oh, no, give me bad no. flashbacks. So that's not not my scene. So, yeah, I, I just basically I want the basics Um, and, and in terms of like, you know, the ask about the do not disturb sign and the sort of letting people into your room to make your bed every day and clean it or whatever, because uh, especially when I'm traveling by myself, because I travel light and I have no expectations of what's in there. Most of the time I let the people come in and make the bed. Yeah. I think you can. I think you can tell them not to. I'm just saying. Yeah, totally do not. Th- there are there are hundreds of people in that city that have the key to your room, one way or another. It's not like it's super secure. I think if you mm-hmm. don't want people in your room, when you check in, you say, uh, "I would prefer just that. You know, whatever. I'm going to go make some meth. Could could you just keep people out of my room? What I would do then is also call the next morning and say, I just want to make sure that you know that this uh, request has gone through and housekeeping knows not to clean the room." Yeah, that's already too much interaction for me. But like the the reason oh, I wouldn't want on. someone, the reason I wouldn't want someone to come in is if like say I'm in the middle of stuff. Like when I I used to travel, believe it or not, <laughs> WWC with like a laptop and like an external hard drive and uh you know an iPad and all, all sorts of stuff because I was doing like review stuff when I was there. Like and I could install the beta OS and I have things spread out all over the desk and onto the bed and the floor and just everything is everywhere. Yeah. And at that point, it's like it's like cleaning up for the cleaning person again. I can't get this room to a state where I'm willing to have anyone else come into it and try to make the bed because my stuff is all over the place. So that's where you say, no, just pass my room by. You know, I'll put the lamb's blood in the lintel or whatever. I was just going to say, just yes. There, right? <laughs> or you could say, if you could stand the interaction, you could just say, hey, hey, can I swap my towels for fresh towels? You know, you can do that. Oh, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't care about that. that you don't wash, this. no? No, I, you know, it's... it's that, you wash your legs? The, that one good Dilbert uh, cartoon. Uh, you know, do you know the one? I've, I've quoted on this very show. Do you give remember it to me it? in bullets. It's the, it's the only, uh, I'll give you a probably line line for line. Um, okay. God, I wish it, uh, all these type of jokes where really the cartoonist just wants to talk to the audience, but they have to put two characters facing each other and have one saying to the other one, but just get the information out. I don't remember <laughs> what the premise was or whatever. <laughs> But uh, this I think is gonna it was, be so good. Yeah, there you go. I think right. I think it was Dilbert talking to Dogbert. Um, and he says, uh, he's, he comes out of the shower and he's just opining to Dogbert. He's saying, When I get out of the shower, in theory, I'm the cleanest object in my house. Every time I use this towel, it should be getting cleaner. <laughs> Which, if you, you know, if you accept this, is a great example of if you accept the premise. Then the the conclusion does follow that shows you that Dilbert the, the is sitting at a, at a lunch table with the pointy haired lady and um, the dude with the glasses. Dude with the glasses says, "I don't understand why some people wash their bath towels. When I'm out of the shower, there I'm the go. cleanest object in my house. In theory, those towels should be getting cleaner every time they touch me." Mm-hmm. And then the pun- the punchline, supposed punchline, which I think is a weak punchline. Mm-hmm. Their towel supposed to bend or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the, I I mostly think of that as an example to like you know teaching my kids about if if the, the problem with that if the conclusion sounds ridiculous and doesn't make any sense it's because the premise is flawed. <laughs> and so Come the premise children, here is that is that when I get out of the shower I'm the cleanest object in my house. That is not true. Mm-hmm. You are not. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, thinking of yourself as an inert, inanimate object that does not itself constantly produce all sorts of oils and other oh, things. Boy. Here that, we go. You know, anyway, yeah. yeah. So that's the the problem with that. But anyway, getting back to the towels, uh, 
hotel towels the hotels i stay at don't bend when they're practically clean they're like they're just like giant pieces of white tree bark or whatever <laughs> i don't mm. know what they are so that's that's the least of my concerns and you know i don't and the, you, you know what they're doing the, at the hotels nowadays to save money on laundry is trying to guilt you into not getting your towels cleaned and honestly i don't need my fresh towel quote-unquote fresh towels every day in fact i'd like to i'd like to break them in if you're not swimming and going to the beach and all that stuff the towels the towels that one oily man would use in his room will be fine to just dry off and be used again if you have if you have a kid who uses two towels every time Mm. she's a two-toweler she's a two-toweler i've got i've got multi multi towelers in the house too yeah multi towelers that shall remain remain nameless This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Oh, friends, I am such a fan of Squarespace. You know, they, they got this stuff here they want me to read. Now, I'll read it in a second. But 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 honestly, real talk, uh, I, I, uh, I, I've been with these folks for a long time, and they, they have been good to me. They run my personal sites. They run the Roderick on the Lion podcast, and, uh, and they get my official okie-dokie. I, I just really want you to know that. Okay, so, so, so what, what they want you to do is to make your next move with Squarespace, okay? But Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, whatever it is you want to do, you got to get on the Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform, lets you do whatever you need to do, right? Your own little home right there on the web, Squarespace. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades are ever needed you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever run into a problem. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. Plus, all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. You know, it's optimized for mobile straight out of the box. Looks great on every device or dingus. Here's the nutty part. The Squarespace plans, they start at just $12 per month. That's hardly any money. But you can go and start a trial right now with no credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Okay. When you decide to sign up, this is very important. Use that very special offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And it will show your support for reconcilable differences. Once again, squarespace.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs for 10% off your purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So uh, we have done Thanksgiving before. I prefer to go to, um, I say my sister-in-law's house, but she, you know, she's the king of the castle. She's the captain of the ship. Uh, and uh, it's always really great. This was the first year that there was a littler kid there and it was really fun. My kid and my kid happily like entertained her and we chased her around and it was really fun. And it's just nice. You know, time goes by, you see these people twice a year and it's, it's, it's nice to catch up and they're all liberals. So it's pretty cool. So (laughs) that's, uh, I, we, we could do it. Our house and our kitchen in particular is very small. It would be very cramped. That's part of the experience is trying to do a Thanksgiving in a kitchen that is completely ill-equipped to do any kind of thing. Your whole life is a crucible. No, that's you're always, you're always looking that, for chances to to, to sharpen a knife. That's or, like that's like one of those like a uh, you know sort of newlywed experiences where like you you live someplace that's not very big and not very fancy, and yet you decide we're going to host some big holiday thing, and then 
you know, as it approaches, it's dawning on you that you are not equipped to do that, but you try to pull it off anyway, and you accidentally burn the turkey, and the fire oh, alarm oh. goes off, and... <laughs> Mr. Whole, Moody's like, coming over, and you burn the roast. Yeah, no, or whatever, you, yeah. everything becomes out too salty, and you have to use canned gravy, and just, like, the whole nine yards. I, yeah. That's, I feel like that's a, a good, formative experience. Tell me about your uh, your Thanksgivings. What do you What do? You do? What do you like? One more question before we get on. Yes, to, no, I I do, I I'm trying to keep the show moving. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to upset you. I don't want to upset a, you. It's mine. Mine is boring. My my only uh, remaining question for you is: Did you during the course of this Thanksgiving, you yourself actually consciously take time to think about what you were thankful for, unprompted by some uh, host person telling people to do that? No, I mean not on the day of. It's something I try to do periodically as a kind of informal meta meditation, but no, mm-hmm. not on the day. No. I do wonder about that. Like mm-hmm. being a non-religious holiday and being all caught up with, you know, the whole genocide thing and everything like is, it is a strange holiday. And I, there is a compulsion by some people to try to bring a, not religious, obviously, but sort of quasi spiritual thing. It's like, well, it's called Thanksgiving. Let's all be thankful, which I think is a good thing to do if you don't if you don't normally do it. If it's, it's a not good of, idea, it's a good idea, and we should leave it at that. If it's not part of your normal well, practice, maybe this is the only time of the year that you ever uh, it ever occurs to you to do that. Yeah, but no, but you're not. That's not. It's not what's going to happen, though. You're basically asking people to get up and do a little performance. They're either going to try to say something that's funny, or they're going to try try oh, to no, say I something. I don't, I don't mean like I don't mean actually speaking out loud. I mean like internally, oh. like uh, you know, triggered by someone doing some external thing that you're not participating in, because whatever. Yeah. But like taking time to think about it, and maybe the one time a year that you do have occasion to think about it, just to yourself, not as a performance, not for at a, you know, perhaps not even. At the the dinner, but like when you go home or to your hotel. Well, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fake gratitude girl. I, I I do actually think about that on a fairly regular basis, and I think about I I try to make a point, and you know, because there is a, a the word I'm using there is m e t t a, which is a kind of it's a it's a kind of meditation um, on gratitude, basically. And um, I don't do that formally, but I do try to make a regular practice of saying. I don't know if it phrased it as "What am I thankful for?" That's, but like, but I do try to think about like you know, <laughs> what could be way worse right now, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. do, I do really try to do that. Do do you do that? Is that a, is that a tradition in your? I I do that all the time. I, this Thanksgiving, I did not do that any more or less than I normally did. But occasionally, some years it has come up where I'm like, you know what, I haven't uh, thought about that. Uh, you know, seriously in a, a little while. And now is a good occasion for me to do so. Mm-hmm. That's mostly independent of the. It's a healthy thing. thing that, it's a, I that mean, that it sounds yeah. corny, but it's a very healthy thing. There's so many things that like they become corny because we turn it into a performance. Like when, when the, when the youth minister gets up and prays in church, like you think that's what actually the thoughts that are going through his head. No, he's doing a performance and that's, that's fine. That's, that's the platform for what he's doing. But like, I think, See now, if I were the MC and I were running the dinner, see, I, I would want to put some twists in it. I, I, I would have rules because to keep it fun. Look under your plates. <laughs> and then, that'd be pretty good. You There's get a been turkey. a murder. You get a... <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I would. Um, I see. I would have twists. I would have. I would have lots of rules. There would be a reading of the rules. So it would be like jury mm-hmm. instructions. 
The rules would include things, you know, first of all, no repeating. You're not allowed to repeat anything that mm-hmm. anyone else has mm-hmm. said. Are you allowed Are you allowed to interject and uh, claim that you do not believe uh, what is being professed by someone who's going before you? Yes. Like, like you can challenge oh, them. Oh, yes. It's called Robert's Rules of Gratitude. And anybody mm-hmm. at any point can express a, a point of uh, uh, personal incredulousness. Mm-hmm. And you could say you could say you're not actually that thankful, and then you could duel about it. You could do <laughs> you could do arm wrestling or other kinds of Thanksgiving feats of strength. But I, I would have I would see I would mix it up. You with me as the MC of Thanksgiving, you would never know what is coming in a given year. You would worry from June on. You would worry about what I will be bringing. Okay, so I think the the no repeating is a good one. Uh, the, the the other one is there would be rules about what it can and can't be. So it can't be about family. It can't be mm-hmm. about your health. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to mention anything about children unless it's very, very funny. And then there'd be a vote on the spot to decide mm-hmm. whether or not you would honor the spirit of the of the uh, Thanksgiving Accord. Um, but I think it would also, you, you, you know me, John Sarkusa, you know me, you know the way that I get a good response out of people. You, you say, what's, what's the thing you're second most grateful for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or fourth most grateful for? Yeah, and you're no, not second, allowed to the, say the others. The second year you did that, that would be banned. Well, you wouldn't know. The so second, like that's the thing that Merlin always does with the second yeah, most thing. Yeah, but the second year, first of all, you don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat questions and rules. And second, all I right, might be right. in character. I might mm-hmm, be in character. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with something very, very different. And you know how some holidays have that thing where there's there's some kind of food, usually a cake, and that like inside it is a hidden object or thing that if you but get the that, baby. it's lucky. You get a baby and a cake. La, la, la. Uh, or like a key or a coin. There's all sorts of, thi- all sorts of sort of uh, you know, things that, yeah. that, that, buy, uh, that buy dentists their uh, new Porsches or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, right? Well, rather, instead of that, which I feel like is dangerous to your teeth and old and tired, at your Thanksgiving, one person is going to get food poisoning, but you don't know who that is until that night. Interesting. So it becomes a kind of an RPG. Yeah. No, everyone eats the meal, and you you don't know what thing has the thing that's going to induce the food poisoning, but somebody's going to get it. Okay. I like this. I also like that when you... So let's just take it as red. You should be nervous, because Mm -hmm. this is... Whatever you're expecting... That's not what's going to happen. There's, there's going to be some kind of a twist to this. And you may not know because I answered the door. I'm in a bowler hat and a mustache, but not the mustache you expected. Please come in and have a brandy. Hello, hello, hello. Right? We're going to mix it up every year. You don't know. Or it could be you show up and there's a different family there. Now, what do you think? <laughs> we have a new cast this year. Everybody, come on out. You're, come on out, everybody. You're, your liberal family has been replaced with conservatives. <laughs> hey, she's you must the eat the entire meal with Fox News blaring from all directions. The first person to leave the room gets food poisoning. I like him. He's a straight shooter. Also, I think I've been poisoned. Thanksgiving. You think like I mean they don't tend to? I don't know anyone who does that. Stop asking Merlin to MC Thanksgiving. Like, could you think, do you think that you, as a nervous person, could enjoy a meal knowing that you have a one in N chance of getting food poisoning? Like, that's known going in, that's like a game type scenario. Like, can you actually enjoy it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I almost swallowed some of the juice. I, I think that I think that when I'm watching Survivor sometimes where everyone yeah. doesn't want to go to rocks or whatever, and I was like, there's 12 people left. One in 12 are good uh, odds. Well, first of all, that's a terrible mechanic. I'm glad they've yeah. they, they've totally stopped doing that, right? I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm entirely caught up, so I don't spoil anything about it. I think rocks still exist, but I'm always amazed at how... I haven't seen rocks in a while, I feel like. Is, is it a fire? Is it an all-fire building now? No one wants to, no one wants to quote, go to rocks. Well, because it, it's a terrible mechanic. 
Oh, it's because it, they have this loss aversion where they're like, oh, right. Um, okay. I don't want to go out based on chance. But it's like, but it's one in 12. Those are good odds for you. Yeah, your chances your chances are pretty good. Okay, how about this? I, I'm not saying I'm going to do this because you never know what to expect when I MC, but maybe 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 you show up and I'm, and, and I'm Rob. I'm Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to read this. Is there song. a big statue of you outside uh-huh. that no one recognizes you, as you until you I, come out? Well, this is so crazy. That stone face is so big. And then I was on Boston Robinson. Am, am I wrong about that? That every single person <laughs> who's seen the giant statues on the current season of Survivor has not recognized that they're supposed to be Boston Rob and Sandra? Every, because if they recognized them, they would have the mic to have them go, oh, that's Boston Rob. Oh, that's Sandra. This is why they shouldn't have used practical effects. They, they should have. Yeah. I think the likenesses are not very good. No. And maybe it's because they're large. It's hard to tell. But I'm amazed that nobody has recognized them. And I felt the person who like made those props every time someone walks around the beach, like fingers crossed this time, this time they're going to know it's Boston Rob. Yeah. I worked so hard on that. And no, nothing. Yeah. Some, somebody's not going to get a bonus this year. <laughs> yeah. Can you just imagine, though, I think I said this before you pull up. And there's a giant stone head of coach. And Russell Hans there. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. Then, oh then people God. have to faint excitement. I think people are actually excited to see Senator Boston and Rob, but if Coach was there, they'd be like, ah, it's you. Well, it's like, it's like on, I mean, you see this on Top Dress where um, so, so often they'll be like, and this week, and this week, I had our designers, uh, 16 designers, and this, and this week we are joined by Martina Babacoqueso, who's the line of handbags has been commended as, and then somebody goes, this is one of the, she is one of the classic designers. It's such an honor to even be included because her handbags, and you're like, you need, so first of all, A, you gotta go, oh, I've always wanted an HP touchpad to design my clothes on. You gotta seem enthusiastic, but it's so important that at least one person pipe up to say that this is someone you should have heard of, and you should be really impressed that they're here in a guest judge. That's tough with fashion because, I mean, I suppose people watching the shows like fashion, but come on, not a lot of people know a lot about fashion. Where a survivor that's in universe, you're a fan of the show. Maybe you've seen these famous things from yeah, the show. No, yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. The other night, we watched the uh, Bob's Burgers from the other night, and I um, I, I, I miss guest because, you know me, I love to guess the, the voice talent. This is the thing I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got it wrong because I thought it was Michael Kors. Yeah. And who was it actually? Oh, it was uh, another. Um, you know, another, another uh, colorful, colorful gay guy. Um, uh, you know, I've said too much. Uh, I'm bad at that. Now, Michael Kors, he has a store at our mall. Zach Posen, I think his line just shut down not too long ago. His line. His line, yeah. He uses all his fashion lingo. Cri- Christian's doing fine, though, thank you very much. Christian's doing just fine, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I still like Top Dress. I, st- I, I do like Survivor. I'm kind of... You know, it's sort of like the Democratic primaries where, like, I am only really interested once the field thins a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. like, with Survivor, like, I really have not enjoyed this season. I'm still not loving this season. Jeez, man, we just went back to – we've been watching the Boston Rob and um, Amber season. Yeah. <sighs> man, it's a good – there's so many good seasons of that show. Season with Nasty Dan, Na- Nasty Dan the Sexist Man. <laughs> And Rodney, yeah, washing dishes, dishes on my birthday. I feel like this the season is bad for reasons that are laid squarely at the feet of the people who make the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the contestants that are necessarily bad. I just feel like it's a raw, it's a bad set of rules and surrounding stuff. Yeah, which is kind of a shame. Um, but the guy who touches think... the lady's feet is still on the show. No spoilers. <sighs> yeah, that was a rough episode. Yeah, wow, they, they don't think that was 
handled well. I think they ate a big booger on that one. That could have been handled so much better. I mean, it also could have been worse. Well, everything could always be worse. I know, but like it it could have been worse in a way that wouldn't be particularly shocking. So, but I I see that they were trying, but they they blew it. The conversation that comes out of this with me and my pals is like, wow, you wonder, like you stop for a second. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh gosh, you have to think all along. There's all kinds of, you got a toilet in front of people. You got to be naked in front of people. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I doubt that's the first or 15th time that something creepy's happened on that show. Yeah, you just no, wonder I'm, how many you absolutely. never hear about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like, the, the, and, and it's just it's just the type of thing that would you know would, would be in the contracts and probably still is in the contracts. But it's for interesting what involved. they choose to bubble up. So I'm talking about that season where God, it was such a good season. Um, I don't spoil it for anybody, but um, it's really it's a really good season. So that guy Dan is on, Rodney's on. It's oh, I know what it is. It's blue collar, white collar, blue collar, no collar. Mm-hmm. The 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 lady who lost her hearing, you know, in, in middle age. There's an interesting arc with her. It's such a good season, and there's a one of the characters who you kind of might not expect sticks around for a really long time and does very well. It's just interesting though, because I, I do actually really like the reunion shows. Sometimes they can be very good. That one was super interesting because they spent, I'm gonna say conservatively eight minutes on dan and like okay oh you know what you that you called rodney's mom a whore and you say that was because you're all doing the dozens how about we roll this really long unedited footage that shows you're mm-hmm. lying right now mm-hmm. here's all the times that you called women idiots <laughs> it's interesting what they what they do choose to highlight <sighs> you know as a uh, as a coconut vendor i i have a belief in uh, in, in justice <clears throat> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So Thanksgiving. Yeah. Welcome to my mystery. <laughs> that would be so, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pitch that. I'll pitch that to Sue. That's such a good idea. Let yeah, me it's be. A ter- it's, a, it's a terrible idea. It's exactly what people don't want Thanksgiving. People, people want pr- predictability. No. Uh, and they want the same thing every year and they want comfort. Exactly the best reason to do it. They, w- they yeah. want predictability. Some of the older relatives are going to be extremely confused. I'm not going to lie to you. The first five to 12 years are going to be very bumpy. I'm going to have to work out a lot of kinks. I'm going to have to figure out who I can trust. And, and you know, and people are going to come at me. Some of the kids, some of the people who are like, you know, uh, like, like teens now, they're, they're going to come for, for, the, uh, for the throne. They're going to want to be the MC mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But they'll have to get through this guy. Two thumbs. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Eero. You can learn more about Eero right now by visiting Eero.com slash diffs. Hey, you know, if you want to binge watch your favorite TV shows from anywhere in the house without interruption, you're going to need to get an Eero because Eero blankets your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi, eliminating poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering so you can have consistently strong signal wherever you need it. Uh, We have an Eero family, and I love it. This service is a doddle to set up. It's just so dang easy. They recently updated their app, and it is so fun to use. Gives me a heads up if uh, any uh, new devices have joined the network. I can see what kind of bandwidth is going on. Mm, Magnifique, love the Eero. Eero is Wi-Fi your home deserves. Right now, there's an all-new Eero starting at just $99. Sets up in just a few minutes. You just plug it straight into your modem or your router box. You can even manage it from that beautiful, super simple app, Glorious Let's you do cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi while you're eating dinner. And uh, like I say, get, get alerts if the, there's somebody on your network. And you can say, no, you get off my network. This is my Eero. Go get your own. You can do that. Eero has fixed all of the Wi-Fi problems. No more dead spots. No more buffering. 
Get your Wi-Fi fixed as soon as tomorrow. You go to era.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And enter the offer code diffs at checkout. It's going to get you free overnight shipping with your order. And you got to know how to spell it. It's E-E-R-O. E-E-R-O.com slash diffs. Code diffs at checkout. You're going to get it delivered free with overnight shipping. Say it thrice and it's almost like praying. Eero.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs. Our thanks to Eero for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, now, it's just interesting. Um, I talked about this on Back to Work today. I, uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm not sure what I'm looking for here, except for you to just beat my ass for not being a better everything. Mm-hmm. But like, I suddenly, I, I was trying to find, um, okay, so there's a word I first heard applied to Bill Clinton, which I will now apply to myself. Because we're so so alike in so many ways. I can't wait to see where this is going. Always on the Lolita <laughs> Express. Hey, it's only four four trips, twenty seven legs. Um, uh, the word compartmentalization is that you know you think about what when Clinton, the Clinton has his whole adult life has been able to like maintain this sort of identity or brand or like outlook way he acts with people, and he seems to have this extraordinary ability like to choose not to notice this other thing. It's funny when they talk about the current impeachment um, proceedings, they contrast heavily with what happened with Clinton, where he chose to keep, you know, doing the work and to not to basically treat this. Okay, so over here, there's this other thing, which is the impeachment. And that our current president uh, just can't do that. Like he has to like, he's a dog with a bone, right? He doesn't doesn't have any work that he's doing. So what are you doing? He's doing a lot of very important work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, uh, I think I must be, better than I'd like to admit at compartmentalization because I've been choosing not to notice how many photos I, I can't put my hand to. And I've even, I've overlooked, I've done a lot of, it looks like nothing to me until this week when I went in and I opened up um, Apple photos and I searched for Christmas day. Cause I've been trying to find these photos from this one Christmas day, the one where I said the F word. And I realized it's like, okay, this, the, so this Christmas day and, uh, you know, 2007, I had 160 pictures and this Christmas day I had all these. And then I get to these, these, these three or four years where I have like fewer than a dozen photos and they're all iPhone photos. And I'm like, ah, ah. Hmm. So now, now the MC is the one who's trying to solve the mystery. How, how does this happen? Yeah, uh, I go. understand the car- compartmentalization yeah. of you yeah. not wanting to think about it, but how does it actually? Because, like, what am I going to do? If it was easy, it would be done. How does it? But how does it get to that point? If, if this is, I have right. a postulation. Hmm. Okay, I have, my postulation is that. Uh, so I used to have a variety of over the years, you know, occasionally upgraded, pretty okay, you know, digital cameras. God, what was the ones I used to use? I had a, oh, I had a series of Sonys. I had a whole bunch of like little, you know, power shots or whatever, like pretty good digital cameras. And then I got my first Canon at some point in the early to mid 2000s. And then I got a better Canon at some point. And for a period of, I don't know how many years, I was taking a lot of photos with the Canons. And uh, concomitant with that, I don't remember why I started using Lightroom, apart from it's just way better than what iPhotos did at the time. But I've I've always really liked Lightroom. And so I was all in on Lightroom for the longest time. And apparently, like I said to Dan today, I must have been in some fugue state at some point because I'm guessing the confluence of, one, number one, above all, um, iPhone photos getting so much better and like good enough along with iPhoto getting 
less great. But at some point, I guess I tapered off of Lightroom. Um, and I think that's what I can write it down to, is that when I stopped using Lightroom, um, and when I stopped using my, my Canon, I guess what I'm saying is like, there's this three or four year period where I have lots of holes where I know there should be way more photos than I've been able to put my hand to for years. And this was the week I finally said, that's it, right? I'm going to go pull out all the hard drives. I'm going to get all the drone oh arrays. This is, oh this my, is upsetting to me. It's so upsetting, John. And I talked about this again. I, I'm back to work. I was talking about this where like a backup is only as good as, well, yeah, second, how well you test it. But it's first not a of backup all, if that's the only place where they are. No, they're, well, this is before cloud stuff was a big thing. No, I mean, I'm saying, I said, you don't have all your photos on your computer? Yes. Like you had, and then I you changed had some computers. of your photos in your computer, but then, yeah, this is very upsetting to me. I know. I know. Yeah. No, this is your nightmare. This is your nightmare. It's like your photos are like, uh, it's like you're, you're an airplane that is going over the Pacific mm-hmm. and someone is throwing things out the back to try to keep you airborne. And those yeah. things you're hoping are landing on these little islands oh. that are dotting the Pacific. And then the mm-hmm. plane crashes. And then you're like, now I'm going to go back to those islands and yeah. retrieve all my stuff, which is probably still there. I'm assuming most of it didn't fall in the you, ocean. You don't need to worry because your plane would be held up by flying monkeys who will now be commenting about my vulnerable story where I'm trying to tell you what I've gone you through. Need, you need a, you need a, you need like a storage guru. God, you good. need someone to come to your house. I'm so like, good. Like, you have no like idea the, how... Like the little person from Poltergeist. Oh my God. You haven't... You read the f- jacket flap. You haven't even heard... All right. You no, you don't, you know what? You don't get this. The <laughs> MC, the MC is silent. No, that's it. You don't get it. No, what I used to do was very dependable and repeatable. So like before, I think I had crash plan at one point, but like mainly what I was doing was time machine plus, um, uh, plus a nightly backup, uh, to a, like a hard drive plus a monthly offsite rotation of another set of two discs. And that was really super manageable because if I lost something, it was all pretty much going to be there somewhere. I know it's not the same as well, a million different things, but, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But then I got cute and I got into more and more doing, this is not the fault of super duper, but I started doing more and more super duper sparse bundles. What's the one that grows? Mm-hmm. What's the good one? Sparse bundles? Where I did more and more sparse bundles on different disks and naked drives. I'm like, oh, I'll be extra. You know what? I got some time to kill. Why don't I burn another one of these over here? And then I'll put that in the big box of naked hard drives. I got a Drobo over here. Oh, and then later on, I need different Drobos. So now I got these four naked drives in a box over here. It has been so, it has been so stressful to like try and find the things that let me do the things that let me do the things to try and find the photos that I think might be out there. It's been such a weird adventure. But up to this point, what you've been describing, all these different things, super duper, so on and so forth, your, was your understanding that what you were doing was repeatedly backing up what you believe to be your complete collection of photos to many different places? No. It was, it was a backup so of when did, my... when did you split them? When did you say... I don't some know. Photos I don't know. I had a fugue. There? I think I was in a fugue state. At some point I did that. Basically, <laughs> I was just doing a sparse bundle sparse image of macintosh hd on like a fairly regular basis was super duper and at that point at some point that was just built in addition to two sets of suspenders because i had this really good mature system that had known that was like a known quantity and i don't know what happened i i well it's weird to me like i cannot put my hand to 
all of those drives. The Drobo so far has been the best. The Drobo that I think has been utterly untouched since 2013 has been the best source of that. I can, t- I mean, I can guess what happened. I can guess what happened was at some point I said, I surely don't need all these things in these uh, folders with years on it. I must have brought all that. I must have brought all that into photo, iPhoto or photos later. I must have done that. And, you know, at, at every step of the way, there's been a little bit of leakage. Mm. Like each mm-hmm. time I bring stuff in, now I got two things over here that say this library. Oh, you know, name of hard drive library over here. And like, but you can see my res- why I had the resistance was like, I didn't even know, I didn't even know, like I say, what had the stuff to get me to the stuff to get me to the stuff. Yeah, you're lucky you're doing that now and not, you know, two computers from I now when you really wouldn't be able I'm, to connect very lucky. together. I'm super lucky. Anyway, I reached what I hope is the nadir. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever get all of them back, but I, I think... Also, I was having trouble getting into Backblaze today. It keeps saying I'm. It's already finished my session. I don't know what's mm. going on, but um. So I figured Backblaze would have some stuff in there. But um, I really I reached what I what I thought might be the nadir uh, yesterday. I started yesterday morning, and by yesterday early evening, I'd gotten to where. So I I subscribed to Lightroom, um, for Mac and um, iOS right now, which is a good deal, ten bucks a month, um. And I think, and, uh, and so I was, I had forgotten that Lightroom stores the actual photos, at least used to, and as I say, the classic version, um, Lightroom too, I, I believe just has all had always natively just stored them in folders by year, I believe. And then date. Oh, uh, I'd forgotten that. I didn't know if it was going to be in an entourage like database soup. So I can't get LR, uh, catalog or whatever it's called to open and i'm like oh and then it won't i'm, I'm trying to bring that bring that into lightroom it says no no you can't do this it's too old it's too old even to import properly using the lightroom functionality right cc adobe photoshop lightroom functionality so i had to get into a sparse image on a drobo backup to get to the photos but first i had to get to the catalog i had to find an old copy of lightroom 2 get it onto my machine fire that up but it was it was just wild it was like it was dependencies all the way down it was really wild but it was you know i'm, I'm glad i started doing it I, I i i feel like now that i've gotten past the procrastination i'll be able to do something about it maybe a feature maybe a thing we can add as a topic Oh God, this is, why am I doing this? A topic for the future is um, the same forward-looking backup. I'm going to have nightmares about your scenario here. The closest I've ever had to Because you love your photos. You love those beach photos. And I always feel like I have need to be aware of where they all are and that they're safe. The closest thing I had was, I think, last Christmas, Christmas or two ago, I did something similar where, you know, some, some bit slipped in my head. And I thought that I had already, this was like, like a month after Christmas. And I thought you know, it's like a month after Christmas and the tree is gone. All the decorations are gone. Like everything is gone or whatever. And I needed some space on one of my SD cards. Uh, and so I, I reformatted it. Um, and then at some point, a few weeks after that, I was going through the pictures and I'm like, where are all those pictures from Christmas? Oh, like no. one of the days on Christmas, I, I hadn't imported from you the camera. Like it, freaking out. Like I'd imported lots of things from the camera from Christmas Day, but there was a certain section of like, because it take pictures, then import, take pictures, then import. Like it's, you know, but one section I knew I took a bunch of pictures of people doing this and where the heck are those pictures? And I just, I just never imported them. I never sat down 
at the computer with my big camera and said, don't forget, you know, I didn't import them. I just didn't. They were sitting there on the SD card for a month. And then a month later, I erased them. And then two weeks after that, I realized I had erased them. And so I had to recover them from the reformatted SD card, which like doesn't, it doesn't actually delete all the data. So you can recover just, almost yeah, all yeah, of them. It just basically says this is open, right? Yeah. I, re- I recovered almost all of them. A few of them I recovered were like lower resolution versions of oh. things, but that was, that was a very upsetting day. And, and what was even more upsetting was trying to go and find a reputable program that can recover uh, deleted <laughs> photos they from have an SD a, card. Yeah, disk warrior for <laughs> SD cards? It's it's one of those things like... Uh, it sounds like a very much like shareware or whatever, situation. Where like the, yeah. the, the, the Google keyword prices are through the roof because people in the situation where they want to rescue their photos or SD cards are a perfect mark. Of so course. It was yeah. just... It was just all scam virus programs just as far as the eye could see. And I'm like, there must be one legitimate program in the world that does this. And eventually, you know, like I was running things in emulators and like inside DOS and Windows and like some, there's got to be a legitimate program here. I eventually found something that got most of the pictures back. But as far as I'm aware, that's the only actual data loss I've ever had. I probably lost a total of like five photos and didn't really lose, but I just have lower resolution ones in them. Mm-hmm. So it's not that bad, but yeah, no, I, I always yeah, I make sure I know where all my pictures are at all times, and that the wor- your sort of fugue state—that's the worst case scenario. Where at some point, just like I thought I had imported the pictures, you thought it, it, it was a good idea. But you know, I was like, oh, those ones—I don't need them in Lightroom. I've already got those in, into iPhone. You mm-hmm. thought you'd brought them over to your new place, but you didn't, and and you wanted to free up space, or you didn't think you needed them, so you deleted them, and you don't, and you forget about it, and you continue for who knows how long until one day you're like, where are those photos? And it's like you you deleted them. I see. I want to say in my own defense, but I don't. It's not really a defense. But like the the thing that I'm describing here, when I talk about this fugue state, is it isn't like I had a fugue state for like one bad day. Clearly, this is slippage and leakage over four plus years. Because as I pull more of these in, I mean, so the way my my way that I'm trying to reconstruct this is each day as I bring in new photos, I create a new album. It's sort of like what I do with photos as well. But when I'm bringing in a bunch of stuff I suspect is going to have a large number of duplicates. And, and and again, with Lightroom, you've got to say, like, you've got to skip the thing that says skip duplicates because who knows? It's confused. It's oh, the, It thinks these ones on the drobo or these over here and who knows? So I'm willing to risk duplicates to like make sure I've got it all. But what I do is each day I create a new album and then drag drag all the latest into there. It's, just, it's slamming my uploads and killing my bandwidth. But that's the thing is it's not it's not one bad day, one bad week, month or year. As I pull more of these in, it's clear that at the end and beginning of the fugue state, you see sort of like the opposite of a bell curve where like, you know, it's the ones in the middle that are going to be hardest to get at. The ones at the edges, yeah, I do have coverage one place or another. It's the ones I, I I'm not sure what's going to be happening with like 2011, 2012, because that's when I was getting pretty well into um, you know, using the camera as, or the the phone as my primary camera. So I'll, you know, I'll let you know how it goes, but I'm sorry I've traumatized you with this, uh, triggering anecdote. It's very, it's very upsetting. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good now. I mean, backblaze time, two time machines, and then additionally, um, uh, uh, oh, Google photos, iCloud library, and Amazon photos. I feel like visiting with your photos could help with this. Like visit, you know, uh, boiling them down. I don't know if you have a favoriting system or a starring system or some kind of way of like getting a 
a subset of your photos that are the best photos, the photos that you care the most about, yeah. and visiting with them. Hmm. Like, periodically looking at them, making sure they're all still there, being aware, like, hmm. thinking of it as a set of things that you are growing over time, you know, a a tailored set of things that you're growing over time so that you all you feel like you have them all in your mind that that if suddenly a christmas bird disappeared you would notice fairly quickly mm-hmm. you know not when you went to go look for some of your picture but just because you're like i, you I know, see what you're saying no there's a there's a variety of ways some of them just purely psychological that that would make a huge difference yeah and the way i tend to do that I, this is not a conscious thing but i realize this is part of why i have things in my head is my screen I've, i put a screensaver on so my wife's account because she had the photo library mm-hmm. that randomly shows photos from that my favorites essentially and you know my favorites is uh, my collection is huge but my favorites are not that huge right and I also <laughs> exported they're, they're not all going to get five stars yeah and I exported all of my favorites to you know separate copies of JPEGs at slightly lower resolution mm-hmm. that I put in a location that all accounts in the computer have access to and so no matter whose account you're on you get a slideshow of the favorites mm-hmm. right. And, you know, I periodically redo that export. So I'm constantly seeing, when walking by the room with the computer, these pictures. Mm-hmm. And since they're random, I, I don't control the time period. So it become, it's kind of like a unintentional sort of one of those timed memory things or whatever. Eventually, you just become familiar with thousands and thousands of pictures. You get to enjoy them. You get to see them. But you, more, most importantly, you get to know that they're there and that they're not going missing. Um, but both of us, I mean, we both essentially deleted our photos. Like human error like you, you you did it because you thought they had already been uh, brought over to the other system yeah i mean if i only ever had to worry about one thing in life i'd never have any problems yeah. and i did it because i thought i, I thought i'd already imported them i delete i reformatted the card well i mean that that's this is what being an adult is unfortunately is like no. if i well if i only ever had to worry about one thing i'd never have a problem because all i have to worry about is the one thing but there's a lot of other mitigating factors that you've got to deal with not least of which is i can't be thinking about all the things all the time yeah, that's why we do that. to make support systems that. to try to. Well, oh there, my that, God. That's, that's put why me on, speaking make... of spectrums, put me on a spectrum of people who do that versus don't. Give yeah, me no, a that's break. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying both of us. We both have <sighs> to make systems for ourselves to help our old minds. You know, I, I didn't used to do any of this stuff. But you, and I'm John, sure if you did that, with you. You, you, it, this is a fun exercise for you as the MC of this thing to get to focus on this one weird, dumb thing that I did. But like, if you cared this much and spent this much attention to even 10% of what you considered important in life, you would lose your goddamn mind. I did the same dumb thing as you. You're not, you're not in the, we both, we both did exactly you do the same thing. You do that. Yeah. I reformatted the card. You reformatted the card. Because I thought I had imported them and I deleted them. Yeah. It's like they didn't, they didn't go missing because a backup went bad. They didn't go missing because I forgot to back up. I deleted them. Mm-hmm. That's always how it happens with this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a, sort of the aging process, continuing to take note of things that you can no longer rely on yourself to quote unquote, just remember. And the list just keeps getting longer and longer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> every, killing me. You're literally killing things, me. As as a supporting system that you now need to decide, to your point, you have to decide. Oh my God, every other person I know thinks I'm entirely too weird about this stuff. You, as my worst friend, are the only person who thinks I'm not weird enough about this stuff. Obviously, we're both not weird enough. Oh my God. We both did the same thing. And so, like I was saying, then you have to say, is it worthwhile for me to to develop some supporting system to deal with this thing cuz like you said if you try to do that with everything you'll drive yourself insane like you yes. can't you can't actually 
oh, I need to have a system for this because yep. I forgot about it one time. Like that's not a scalable solution. Like eventually you won't even remember your systems. So that's just, <laughs> it's a snake. <laughs> so my grandmother town. used to have to do lists for her to do lists. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. I got gotcha. That's, that's going to be, my, my wife is a, is a list maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the same way that you're a spreadsheet person, she's a list maker, but she's a list maker with a, with a weird sort of retro flavor. She's her, her life is surrounded by technology and she loves her iPhone and her iPads and her big computer and all sorts of stuff or whatever. But all of her lists are on paper. She's not backing them up at all. No, I don't care about the backing up. It's just mm-hmm. uh, the house is covered with lists. She's with also no, a scrapbooker, with, right? With no time or date on anything. It's just lists of stuff <laughs> in her handwriting that just like, no, mm-hmm. how old is this list? This from yeah. last month, last week. It's just like, and, <laughs> but does I, she know? Does she, does she know? I think mostly, uh, but I don't know how. And okay. It's just like I, I've tried so hard to, to get like a shared note with our shopping list. I've got, I got I went on any list. I'm like, I just please can we can we share through the magic of digital technology a yep. thing where we'll both be able to note the things that we remember that we need. Uh, and so thus far, I have not been able to penetrate the uh, the the wall of handwritten notes on paper. And then the pads, the pads are everywhere. The the what little, kind of pads? Like, the, Do you do yellow, yellow legal pads? No, they're like they're they're taller. They're taller than they are wide. Novelty type things of like oh, I don't know, oh, like a, a bespoke list yeah, making like, list paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from from the mind of whatever or like bless <laughs> this mess. Things like, I got to do <laughs> th- things that come in the junk mail and they're everywhere. And uh-huh. the worst about the tall ones is they if you put them in a little like vertical that they they bend over they wilt right over time. <laughs> Does she keep the stickers from Saint Jude? I think so, probably. <laughs> okay if if we did chapter art i would put it and if she allowed me which she wouldn't i would put mm-hmm. a picture of one of her lists in the show notes it's nice of you to ask though look at that baby look at that little baby she was so sad to go see santa look at that. i can't get over the the cheeks the che- oh my god you have no idea oh the man the cheeks. cheeks i mean i assume those are from you because that part of her faces looks so much like you but i haven't seen pictures of you as a baby we come from jolly peoples yeah, that's. I mean, that's some serious. That's some serious baby gels. Look at this one. Oh. If you could fit entire meals inside those cheeks, just <laughs> stored in the, there for the winter. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by going to expressvpn.com/diffs. We all know a VPN protects your privacy and security online. Did you know it can take your TV watching to the next level? Because it can help you unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So that means that you can use ExpressVPN to binge on Doctor Who or Star Trek on the UK Netflix. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app and change your location to the UK. Then refresh Netflix and that's it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think you're located and you can choose from almost 100 different countries. Just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. So if you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast. What you want when you're watching TV shows, no buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want wherever you want. Just for myself, I'll tell you ExpressVPN has saved my bacon so many times, especially when I'm traveling. 
So nice to know that I am secure wherever I go. And uh, right now, if you can use this link, you go to expressvpn.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You're going to get three extra months for free with a one-year package. So go, please, support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash diffs. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, we're back. Uh, son of a Lightroom. I'll let you know how that goes. Do, 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 forward looking back up. Oh, wait. We you have time for one, uh, one more secret word thing. Uh, uh, I'm going to need, I, I definitely want to do this because I, I want to hear more of yours. And I think I've, I've spent an hour by my accounting trying to get mine without repeating myself. I have resorted to getting back into superstitions and compulsions. Based on your response and listener response to the shave and shower discussion, I am now open to you shepherding me through the discovery of these as well. I I think we have time for just one more brief one. So I want you to hold in reserve your your longer list of oh, things. Please. This, is, yeah. this is not a thing from me or from you. It's a thing that occurred to me. And I think I might have mentioned this when we first brought this up, but it occurred to me during Thanksgiving. Okay. That, that, that I don't I don't understand is how this we your haven't do your top bullet here? Yeah, how we okay. haven't uh, dwelled on this more. Because it, it, I <laughs> think it might not, have been they're not here to defend themselves. No, no, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I just that's just to, to remind my myself what the topic is, right? So why did I get on this whole secret weird things? Remember, I keep harping on the idea of like uh, not knowing how many of these things people have or like if you have more than other people. It's like there's so there's so many you've you've really sold me on this idea that starting off with our original concept. Well, the original concept is are, are there secret weird things that people do that they don't know are weird because they're secret? And then there was the sense of like, well, could you, do, would you know it in other people? Can you, can one discover one's own of these and that soon leads us down this very interesting rabbit hole of like, I wonder how many people out there are doing weird things and don't know it, mm-hmm. right? How and how alien are we to each other? How different? How how unknowingly different are As we? As you all said last from, week, from you other? may need you may need a beloved partner to tell you that wearing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I don't have a dog in this fight, but that your partner would think it's strange what you wear to bed. Right. So. The the ultimate one of these, the one that I think I see the most often, and it's so much so that it doesn't even surprise me anymore, um, that I think is the most prevalent, like that if you say, how, you know, lots of people have different kinds of secret weird things, but what one secret weird thing is the most widespread that, you know, out of 100 people, like 98 of them have this secret Ooh, weird thing I like or whatever. This. It's like, I like this. Okay. All right. Thing. And here's what I think it is. And it comes up in the context of many people that we know, but also including ourselves. And it's, it's about food. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to eliminate some things before we... So it's clear that we're not talking about... Not talking about health-related stuff having to do with food, because that's not not secret weird things or anything. We're not talking about any moral stuff that people who are vegan or vegetarian for moral reasons, right? Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not talking about sex preferences. And we're not talking about religious things like can't eat this kind of food, whatever. Like, all those well, just... Well, can we stipulate it's like, you know, that you, you know, that you're, you're attracted to Catwoman or whatever. Yeah, it's not n- none of that. It's it's this the, not, the not most boring is. the most boring category, uh, which is foods that people don't eat because they don't like them. Not for any of those other reasons oh, that I talked about. We could do an hour like, on foods right, in general. Yes, that, that, that they don't like them, and I and this is sort of a stereotypical way to categorize it. But like 
in the way that a child doesn't like food because you know most children the way the way that uh, jason snell is not into vegetables and says so yeah yeah and and like it's it's similar to the way like if you've raised a child or been a child you know in the beginning they don't they're not into food period they just they're they're on you know the milk right and then Mm -hmm. food it's kind of weird to begin with and you introduce new foods to them slowly Mm -hmm. and some kids are quote-unquote picky eaters where they don't like certain kinds of food and all kids you know their taste you know the sense of taste is different than adults and you know most most little toddlers don't like super spicy hot wings and you know there's that whole thing right but the secret weird thing that I think for, for adults is a surprising and, you know, again, maybe not surprising to me anymore. A number of adults have whole categories or foods that they won't eat mm-hmm. and they won't be forthcoming with that fact, especially if it's like weird or like they know it's weird or whatever. But it's there and like you'll you'll get to know them a little bit more. Like if you happen to live with them or you happen to be camping with them or have to go shopping, or you go out to eat with them a lot. You start to notice something. You're like, huh. John mm-hmm. Roderick never has potatoes. Right. Right. And who's to say what's weird and what's not? And the way, mm-hmm. the way I'm categorizing it is what's weird is, again, setting aside all of the other things that I said, it's like categories of food that you would expect someone to, uh, that, that are seemingly non-particularly offensive or, or strange for the culture they grew up in. So if you grew up in America in eating the typical fare that is available in, in restaurants and in most homes, categorically removing uh potatoes or all vegetables or anything like that and then just not mentioning that at all but just like you sort of slowly gradually notice that like this person i've never seen this person eat a vegetable or this this Mm -hmm. person doesn't eat you know doesn't will not eat an apple (laughs) like like whatever like and anything you say you're like that's not weird that's normative why does everyone like to have apples like there are expectations based on the sort of a shared culture and also living in the same place with the same restaurants and the same food stores and all that stuff there obviously there are variations in the whole you know it's a melting pot so and so forth but like people who remove entire swaths of food from their diet but don't (laughs) say anything about it and in particular people who have whose taste and these usually it's almost always (laughs) the case their tastes are end up being sort of like a frozen in time snapshot of sometime when they were much younger. So say when you're seven years old, the only thing you will eat is dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets and goldfish crackers yeah. and craft singles. If you are 75 years old and you will still only eat dinosaur shaped tri- chicken McNuggets, goldfish crackers and craft American singles, that's weird. And, and if you never say anything about it and no one notices because you strategically avoid going out or whatever, and that's like an extreme case, right? But I've I found that a huge number of people have some weird thing about, including myself, and mostly if you have some weird thing about what they want to eat. Or like if you ever met somebody who, for example, dislikes pickles enough that they claim to have an extreme food allergy. Yeah, and and pickles, like I would say, that's of all the things, pickles are kind of weird tasting, right? You know, again, people don't like super spicy. It's an, foods, it's an extreme like, taste, yeah. Yeah, right. But if if some getting back, to, someone doesn't eat bread. I won't eat, and it, not for health reasons, not for like anything having to do with like you set those all aside. Someone who doesn't won't, won't eat eggs, won't eat an egg in any form whatsoever, mm-hmm. won't eat potatoes in any form whatsoever. Like just you know, just won't eat ketchup. Uh, will will not eat a steak, but eats all other kinds of beef. Like <laughs> you name it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we all know people who who are like this to to varying degrees, and it's the type of thing that people will not volunteer about themselves, will actively hide. But that lots of people have it, and you notice if you go out to eat with them a lot, or you eat over their house a lot, or if you invite them over and you make some food, and you realize 
they're not touching anything on their plate. Like you ask them, uh, I'm going to make whatever. Is that okay? And because it's not health, religion, blah, 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 they're not going to say, oh, no, I won't eat that unless they unless you're really good friends with them. They'll just nod their head and say, yeah, and kind of like poke at it. And just and it's just and you eventually notice like they, they don't eat that. And eventually maybe they'll they'll tell you, I don't eat this whole category of food. I don't eat anything that's white and creamy. Mm-hmm. I don't eat anything that that uh use photosynthesis like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so I, I don't know why that didn't come up earlier but i think that has to be the most common do, what or do you have anything like that personally for you that other people would find weird that foods that you categorically well my remove? opening statement is i agree with you i can't believe we didn't get to this sooner because as a like i don't know if it's the right word a super class or like a like you know a big when we as you say pop the stack how did we miss this? Yes. Things where people on principle, my God, where do you begin? An it's entire not principle though. It, it, it's like it's taste or whatever, well, whatever it is. Okay. But like, yes. But how do you arrive at, I don't eat Indian food or you would say like, I don't eat vegetables, but like it's, it's, it's not, see, I think what's not, what's understandable and not embarrassing and certainly pretty common is like, oh, you know, if I had my druthers, I would prefer not to eat venison for, you know, I, I don't really like killing animals. Plus it's tough or whatever. Right. Like, but it's another mm-hmm. thing to have like a, a like a, a, a kind of taste or preference that feels odd and or illogical to other people. Where you and, say and like, like you say to a com- kid, oh, you eat tom- you eat ketchup. Why won't you eat tomatoes? That's a very adult way to think, right? Yeah, and it also has to do with the commonality of the food. Venison in this country is less common than ketchup. Mm-hmm. So if someone didn't eat or didn't like venison, you'd be less surprised than if someone didn't eat or didn't like ketchup. Or like, let's say you're having fondue, and like you might think, well, you know, I, I eat some cheese, but I, I'm I, if I had my druthers, I would prefer that my main course tonight not be a giant amount of cheese. Right, something like that. Uh, so anyway, I agree with you. Are there things like that for me? Um, not really. There are some foods I like more than others, but I, I'm trying to think of specific foods that. Well, okay. So I need to I need to think outside the box here. Um, thinking outside the box, um, there are certain preparations of food that I'd rather not have than others. Um, I don't like. So okay. So as somebody who likes pho, it is perhaps ironic that I don't like tripe. Like I don't like stomach lining. I don't like cartilage. <laughs> that is not. That is not one of these things. That is well, not. No, I'm, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be yeah. you know silly or cool. I'm trying to think of like like I yeah. I don't like food that's so hot that it's painful. But I love spicy food. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what I don't like? There's some kinds of sushi I don't like. I don't like the the one that looks like a tongue. Uh, I don't like the raw egg one. But you know, it's um, it's like Mike Myers says in that movie. You know, Scottish. It's it's like dare food. You know, some a lot of Scottish cuisine is dare food. Not, I don't think I have many specific dishes or preparations, let alone entire classes that I just won't. I don't, yeah, I don't think you have any because if you go into like tripe and sushi, you are so far outside like the sort of the, the, the middle things. I got a little bit scarred the first time when I was at uh, – I got my dot-com job, moved to California. I was in temporary housing in Mountain View where they have great Vietnamese food. Terrible city, but uh, apart from Netscape. But – um. But they uh, had really good Vietnamese food, and I brought home this this soup in a little canister, and but it was just full of tripe, and it's 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 basically like rubber bands made out of cow. It's very unpleasant. I don't. I'm I, I'm going to think on this while you tell me your things, but I don't think 
I don't hate lima beans. Mm. I love roasted Brussels sprouts. Um, you you, you got you to gotta th- stop thinking about foods that people tend not to like and think of foods that everybody likes that you don't. Okay. Oh, um, hmm. Well, I feel bad beating up on the dead, but uh, I always thought Necco wafers were really gross. No, that's no, see, I shouldn't <laughs> no, do that not, because that's from Providence. That's from Providence, and it was a beloved food of my wife. No, no, they, they are gross. I, yeah. so, so let's not waste time here. I don't think I have many of these, no, if at all. You are, you are, literally, what your mother would say is that literally, I'm a good eater. He'll eat anything, he's a good eater. <laughs> Sometimes he turns up as known as the tripe necko wafers and sushi <laughs> and raw eggs, but I'm pretty sure that he eats uh-huh. everything else. He put a little I hollandaise think... on, on that or some white sausage gravy, and I might eat it. I might eat yeah. it, yeah. And rest assured, and as we'll find out probably in a future episode, you have more than enough of the other secret Oh, no, I've got a lot of problems. For this. No, but in so the food thing, no. I think you are safely in the will eat anything that you would expect. Yeah. Like if someone is inviting you over to dinner, they do not have to make any special allowances for your taste. No, Maybe I they can, make I can special allowances like for your health. I can tolerate but, anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, setting aside health, religion, and all those other things. It's just like taste-wise. I have tons of them. I'm, really? You? I'm a, I'm a picky eater, yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things. It's part let me, of it let is let how me try, Let me try a few. Uh, seafood? That's pretty much entirely out. Almost, all, that, almost that, all seafood. Yeah. And that I feel like that's the big one. And I chalk that one up to, look, I was never fed it as a kid. So the the, the you don't uh, even expectation, like shrimp cocktail, right? I mean, I'll eat I'll eat shrimp. I don't mm-hmm. mind shrimp. I, I, I like calamari. I like tuna in the can. Fried calamari. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll eat shrimp. Um, I'll eat lobster, but I don't like it. I would okay. never order it. But every other kind of seafood you can possibly you're, imagine. You're not going to have a raw. I prefer not to eat it. Now- no kind of fish of any kind other than the ones I just listed. It's a very short list. And that's a huge swath. I think that is abnormal. Even though we don't need as much fish here as we do in other places, that's a big category of stuff, especially for someone who's always lived on the coast. doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. right? But it, I, I blame my parents because they never, they never fed a, a fish as a kid. <laughs> I blame your my, parents too, John. My dad doesn't, doesn't like fish, and so we never ate it. And if you, don't, if you grew up never eating a food, you have to make an actual effort to like develop a taste for mm, which I could do, yeah. but I don't feel yeah. a need to do so. so. That's my big one. Um, uh, you don't like coffee or alcohol. Uh, I don't think that's. I mean, coffee. I guess is a little bit weird. I don't just like the taste of coffee. I like coffee ice cream. Uh, so we're, we're looking for stuff along the lines of Jason Snell's, like yeah, hilarious, no, like I meh. You can't make me eat this kind of yeah, thing, right? Yeah, fish is one of them. It's like a totally eliminating fish because you don't like the taste of it. That is very strange and a secret weird thing. Regardless of fish or preparation. So whether it's a catfish or a halibut or nope, nope, um, nope, 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 nope. a swordfish, nice firm fish nope, like a swordfish. No, no, no clams, okay. no mussels, no swordfish, whitefish, halibut, salmon, not like, I mean... I, mm-hmm. I would eat them if I was starving, right? It's not like I can't eat them or I will like it will physically cause me any situation, but I don't no, like no, them. Right. I know I feel I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I really have many more beyond that. I don't like super spicy foods, but that but I don't I don't mind. I think spice. you don't like spicy food. I don't like super spicy food. I think I, you, like I think you don't like spicy food. Eh, You're I mean, saying like, that, but let's not front. Like if there's a bunch of stuff on a buffet. It's unlikely you're going to grab something that you know is spicy. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. Like, right. I don't, I don't have, I don't think there's any normal level spicy food where they like, if there are, if there's a like a menu in a restaurant where they have like a a range of spiciness, I'm never going to want the high end ones. 
But the middle of the road ones, they just say this is normal spicy. I have mm-hmm. no problem. What are your three most commonly used condiments? Besides salt. Condiment person. Parmesan cheese. Okay. No, that counts. <laughs> that that counts. counts. Like shaker cheese. Uh, you like it, you like it from pepper, the can, yeah. the shaker kind? No. Okay. Um, does that count as a condiment? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big... Uh, ketchup, mustard, mayo. I mean, I'll, I put I put ketchup on a hamburger, but mustard on salsa? a salsa. You like salsa? I put... Uh, not my favorite. It's fine. I like guacamole better than salsa. I love guacamole. And guacamole can be a little spicy. So like for me, yeah, no, that's going to no include that. soy sauce, far and away number one. Soy sauce, I'm going to say peri-peri medium. Not hot, not mild, but the peri-peri medium. Um, sriracha is close. I like mayonnaise. I like mayonnaise on a lot of things, though. I make it yeah. when we have, when my wife makes panko breadcrumb chicken nuggets, which is so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, I make my own bespoke zesty sauce that is maize balls. That's like, um, it's got mayo, ketchup, peri peri, and um, a little bit of uh, lemon juice. And it's so good. My grandmother used to make a thing that she called Southern Fried Chicken, which my grandmother's a tiny Italian woman <laughs> who wouldn't know Southern Fried Chicken if it bit her in the butt. <laughs> right? Fuck. But, and she, and she, you know, she's a, a, a one of the 50s, uh, 50 suburbs in Levittown, right? So she surely got this recipe from like McCall's Magazine or something, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. the quote unquote Southern Fried Chicken. And my understanding slash memory of this was, because you mentioned panko breadcrumbs and mayo, was essentially that it was chicken rolled in mayo, then rolled in breadcrumbs, okay. then put in the <laughs> oven. Skinless chicken, skinless chicken In pieces. the oven, not a fryer. Yeah. Skinless, like legs and thighs, rolled in mayo, uh-huh. rolled in breadcrumbs, okay. put into, into a the dry oven, not oven. a fryer. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's two, the whole that's recipe. Two thirds, that's two thirds literally a lot. <laughs> Southern fried chicken. I mean, yeah, yeah it neither, does have yeah. chicken. It, it's it mostly got the chicken part. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No, we got no, a, a lot of those because like, you know, and not to make some obvious jokes here, but, um, you know, my my mom was born in the Depression. My grandmother was married right as the Depression was starting. And I think, you know, in addition to maintaining the thriftiness of that age through her, you know, through her life, um, you know, she walked down the path of the like the stay at home mom who actually at one point was earning a lot more than her husband. But let's leave that aside. But she did do a lot of stuff like the classics, the Campbell's soup. There was a Campbell's soup put out a cookbook that was very influential. Mm-hmm. So many recipes you don't you have no idea how many recipes your family still makes for let's just say Thanksgiving. That green bean casserole recipe. I don't think that came from the old country. I think that came from the Campbell's <laughs> soup cookbook as a way to use more uh, cream of mushroom soup. Stuff yeah. like that. She, but she made some horrible dishes. She got these recipes, I guess, out of McCall's or Family Circle. But she used to do this one where she would cook dark meat chicken with sharp cheese on mm, on yeah, on no. on like on sliced dried dried armor beef. Yeah, if you want to find recipes that just do not even seem palatable, just look at those old magazines from the fifties and sixties. Do you remember just, the menu they... cards that Tony Randall used to sell on TV? You'll see these now as like these these like joke posts. So I'm sure there's mm-hmm. whole tumblers about this where like everything was like heavenly hash, like mayonnaise and Jello and seventies mm-hmm. cuisine, or, or the or the famous one, mock apple pie and the Ritz crackers. What do you remember, mock apple pie? I don't tell me about it. Ma- oh, you don't know. All right. Uh, Ritz crackers, you know Ritz crackers, Wait, it's right? Applesauce, applesauce. Oh, it didn't have any apples in it. It was mock uh-huh. apple pie made with Ritz crackers. Ooh. I'm pretty sure it didn't have any apples oh, whatsoever. Oh, you crumble them for the crust? I don't know. I never made it. I I would look at it mock and be like, "What are you even pie. doing?" Like the whole point of these recipes, it was it's kind of like uh, 
product placement or like TV shows that were advertising for toys. There was this time where they said, look, <laughs> we can get more people to buy more of our stuff if we give them recipes that use our stuff. So the Ritz Crackers people And are, this was huge. This was huge after World War II as canned food and frozen food was catching on. I'm just here to stipulate, I'm sure there's books and theses that have been written about this. You have no idea how many recipes or sort of like the mother sauce of re- mother recipes that you use today started from some kind of a corporate company cookbook. But the Brits people must have been like racking their brains. Like, how can we, how can we get a recipe that includes Ritz crackers? And someone said, I know, mm-hmm. let's make apple pie. And they'd be like, <laughs> we make Ritz crackers. How are we going to do that? Let me see. Does it have any apples in it? Let's see. <laughs> you got to think outside the Ritz box. We there were there, there were a lot like these, and I think that I don't know. See, this is now I'm going to get into liberal arts here, but I think it was a confluence of a lot of things. I think a lot of these things again came out of these companies needing to sell more of these, more bread, more crackers, more cans of food, more frozen food. But also, then you've got the whole like moms are going to work, like women are going to work, mm-hmm. and like the, the expectations that you have a hot meal. My horrible stepfather demanded bread at dinner every night, so my mom. After working a day, he did not work. She still had to make him dinner and it had to include like at least like a canister of Pillsbury biscuits or something like that. He had to have hot bread every night or he'd get furious because he was the worst. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of confluences here. And then like when you pass that along, so green bean casserole, like <laughs> the thing is, most of us are like, yeah, that is such a taste of my childhood with the dirty onions on top. Totally, totally a Campbell's recipe. So I found the mock apple pie recipe according to the internet. Would you please Ritz please read it? Please pie. read it to me. This is the filling of the Ritz mock apple pie. I'm just going to read the ingredients, not the amounts. Water, sugar, cream of tartar, Ritz crackers, a ready-made pie crust, lemon juice, and ground cinnamon. That's it. There are no apples. What's the apple What's pie. the closest thing to an apple taste? In Thirty that? Ritz crackers. No, no. Where's the tang? Where does the tang come from? Well, they've got the cinnamon and the lemon juice. And the Ritz crackers and the sugar. Woof. And basically, that, that's, it's mock apple pie. Mm, yeah, and then the topping is... It, but it's not mocking the pie. It's mocking you. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and the topping is more Ritz crackers, brown sugar, cinnamon, margarine, and Cool Whip. It's like, this is, this is someone's in a room saying, we need to find recipes that incorporate Ritz crackers. I love the use of Cool Whip. I love that. I mean, like, so today there's all this corporate synergy where like, you want to get these Tide Pods with this kind of, uh, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you go out and there's all, all this corporate. Don't eat Tide Pods, kids. Well, but I mean like the way PG&E has all this different brand stuff that they want to push across product lines. So like, you know, you'll see one PG&E brand featured alongside another and you know whether that's the reason i say tide pods is like i i don't know we do fluff and fold but like if you've got if you've got (laughs) if you've got a washing machine you might see like well it's it's this bleach by this company in one third of the pod it's this detergent and it's this softener all in one so like all of your favorite brands all the great brands are all together um sorry i got distracted 1960s vintage campbell cookbook Cooking. Yeah, a lot of mine were Betty, Betty Crocker was the big, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of our recipes, speaking of Thanksgiving. Like um, extending your your pie and cake things? Uh, just like Betty Crocker, we had these Betty Crocker cookbooks that um, my parents had them and I think they got them from my grandparents and a lot of the recipes we have, I feel like came from there. They're like the, I posted a picture on one of the slacks with one of our stuffing. The stuffing we make is Betty Crocker stuffing, essentially. It's oh, okay. Recipe for Betty Crocker stuffing. It is the most like straightforward, boring Americana 
Nothing is fancy about this recipe whatsoever. Okay. Default. What's the Betty Crocker angle? It's, it was mostly like, it wasn't trying to use too many like packaged ingredients, but it also wasn't fancy. It was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I just think of it that because so many people in my family use it as their sort of default. But if you look at their apple pie recipe, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> the boring apple pie that you would see, like if you're making yeah. a TV show and you need to show apple pie, you'd show this apple pie. Right, right, right. Their pot roast recipe, their meatloaf, right? There, there was no quote-unquote ethnic food in it. So there's no Italian food. There's no recipe for, you know, spaghetti and meatballs even or whatever. It is just like ham, roast beef, pork yes. chops, like, well, yeah, like you, roast you take, turkey. You take all these hearty things and make them wet. There's a lot of moisture in these recipes. There's a lot of like taking a food and making it wet like put a sauce on it or do mm-hmm. a weird suspension. Because again, yeah, and again some of these recipes come out of the depression like where you're trying to extend. You don't have a lot of meat. You don't have a lot of fresh vegetables. And so you've got you to find... You not have any apples, but you want to make an apple pie. Get some well, Ritz. Crackers. crackers. I hope you're hungry. <laughs> There's got to be a thousand YouTube videos of people making that and trying it. Is it um, It's in Godfather 2? Remember the scene where Vito walks in to the apartment and he's got the pear... And it's like wrapped up in paper mm-hmm. and he gives it to her. I still think that's mm-hmm. one of the sweetest scenes in a movie. It's like, it's such a small little scene, but it's like, I got you this little special thing. Like a pair of- Remember scarcity. Well, yeah, like it, but it's like, it's, it's, it's sweet on a couple levels. Like it's nice that he, you know, thought to bring this home to her. He is a guy who genuinely cares about his family, but like it really calls to mind. And so what is that? That's 1920s, I think. At that point. And, and it's, it's wrapped around now because now there are like tech billionaires living in Sonoma who are also bringing home a single pair wrapped in uh, paper and <laughs> their, their significant other is looking at it lovingly and thinking, this is beautiful. One beautiful pair, the ultimate luxury. And then they correct, collect the rainwater off their roof and drink it because the water from the city is poison or whatever. Ugh. Hmm. Uh, hmm.